0: On today's show, is the Miles Turner to the Mavericks trade dead before it even began? And I'm going to bring back a clip from Reggie Bullock, something he said on Media Day. He straight up prophesied. He straight up prophesied on this Mavericks team. And I thought he was crazy at the time. I'll tell you why I was wrong on today's Lockdown Mavericks. I'm Luke Adoncich, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can see me right now. And uh, if you notice, something changed on my shelf. Uh, I got this a long time ago, and I finally just got it framed. A Shaq Orlando Magic signed magazine from an Orlando Magic game from a long time ago, like 92, 93. Uh, loving that. Thanks for making Lockout as your first listen. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA. Go to your app store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. Miles Turner, the deal. One of the. Th- Players I thought was most likely to come to the Mavs. I thought maybe that deal could actually happen. There was actually some players rumored in Dorian, and you know the, the the Pacers were actually interested in. And now it's dead, right? It just seems like that trade is completely gone and dead. According to Mark Stein, the Pacers say that Miles Turner's injury is a stress reaction in his left foot. Foot injuries with any seven footer or a big man are just. Are brutal. It's one of the reasons why people were so concerned about KD uh, about Kevin Durant coming back. Now he has defied all odds, but there's a lot of guys with foot injuries, big men with foot injuries, that it just did not go well for them. And so this is a big red flag for somebody like that. But his injury is is now you know a, a thing right around trade time, which is. Pretty bad for the Pacers, I think, at this point. But then Stein reported later, no timetable was given for Miles Turner's injury beyond Indiana's plan to re-examine him in two weeks and reassess his status then. So it's not like he's going to miss the whole rest of the season, right? Like this, trades for him could still happen for another team or, or something else. But then Mark Stein continued to report, the Mavericks have been frequently linked to the trade to a trade pursuit of Indiana's Miles Turner. But league sources say Dallas had already backed off its interest even before Turner's foot injury, with its team defense already flourishing at number four in defensive defensive efficiency. Lots to unpack in that. Lots to unpack because it wasn't because of the injury that the Mavericks were out on Miles Turner. It was before that. We've been wondering, you know, comments from Nico Harrison, comments from Jason Kidd, what is this team going to look like when we're all healthy, when everyone's together? We haven't seen this team healthy this year very much at all under Jason Kidd. We haven't. Like, you can say a lot of things. You can you can critique Jason Kidd. You can critique the players on the team that, oh, it's all the same and all that. And I've done that for sure. We've done that. But we haven't seen this team healthy together under Jason Kidd now. It's just something we haven't seen yet. And so maybe the Mavericks are going to hold off a little bit more. And I'm I can hear you. I can hear you in your car right now groaning at that saying, man, they're just going to roll over again with this roster. But it seems like they're going to do that, at least on the Miles Turner front. They at least don't want to go that direction, and I can understand several ways, even without the the, the injury, and even without um, I, I think just with just with Miles Turner as a player, I can understand not going for him. The fit with Christoph Porzingis is not great. The Mavericks' defense is already, like Stein said, number four, number five, depending on which website you check, in defensive efficiency. They're a really good defense right now. So bringing in Miles Turner would change what for you? Right, I, I think that's the direction they're going for. I would still go for it. I still think getting Miles Turner would change this this Mavericks team's defense. It would change their ceiling. I think it would change a lot for this team. But if the fit with KP isn't great, you know, offensively it's a little clunky. Like Turner can step out and shoot. KP obviously can step out and shoot. But Miles Turner also wanted a bigger role. So him and KP would they be butting heads with trying to figure out who gets more touches? Like you just you just don't need that in a team that's kind of clicking right now. And so I can understand that decision. But they backed off before this injury even. Now, I also pointed out on Twitter, this could be a ploy for the Mavericks. Okay, like, hey, you know, we're, we're out on this. Like, we, we don't want this. So, hey, Mark Stein, tell them that we're out on this. So that the Pacers come back and lower their price, right? Like, that could be a thing too. Or we just take the report at its word and the Mavericks are are done with Miles Turner. And that's the way that it is. I don't think that this is just a ploy or they're just messing with they're, they're, they're just throwing smoke out there or they're using Stein to try and you know lower Indiana's like asking price for miles Turner, but hey, it's smoke screen season, ladies and gentlemen it is smoke screen season you know you're listening right now you know there have been crazy reports about oh the Mavericks are interested in this player and then there's the Mavericks getting no way close in trying to get that player like no offers or anything are even talked about. And you wonder, like, man, where is that coming from? And it's smokescreen season. Teams will put out information to try and change the landscape, to try and change what happens out there. So could this rumor be that? Possibly. But more than likely, Stein's telling the truth. He got real info from the Mavericks. Um, I, I obviously trust Mark Stein with all the info he has for the Mavs. I'm not saying that he would be lying, but it would be the Mavs sending him info to put out there to change it. But by and large... It seems like it's done. The Mavericks are not pursuing Miles Turner anymore, and that's not going to be uh, something that happens for the Mavericks. But then you go into the, the, the angle of okay, well, that, that second part of Stein's report says, you know, the, Dallas had already backed off its interest, even before Turner's foot injury, and with its team def- defense already flourishing at number four overall in defensive efficiency. How many times have we heard before? We like the guys we have, continuity. I, I know. I I can I can I can feel your eye rolling in your car or at your desk right now or wherever you are listening to this. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel the eye rolls from some of you. The Mavericks could just be fine with this team or want to just see what they have in this team and not want to make a major trade yet. Making a trade for Porzingis is 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 dicey. You know, we talked a little bit about him yesterday with Ryan Stiles about a trade like trading Kristaps Porzingis, what would that mean? For this team, it's the, the jury is still out on can a, a better version of Chris Porzingis, which we're getting this year. We're getting a better version of him, definitely defensively, for sure. He's been way better defensively this year. With a better version of Chris Porzingis, that's better defensively, that's a little more engaged in the offense. Can that take the Mavericks to a different level? With this defense already being way better than we even expected. And later in the episode, I'm getting into why the Mavericks defense was so good that's a little hint at what Reggie Bullock said that I said at the top of the show. So what is it? You know, what is, what did the, what do the Mavericks actually think about this team? Are they going to make a really big trade? They're not going to make the miles Turner deal. We know that that one's, that one's done unless it's a big ploy scam, you know, smoke screen, whatever. They're not going to make a deal for miles Turner. It seems they're going to try to stay with the guys they have now. That doesn't, that doesn't leave off a trade for somebody else. It could still happen. I think. I think a trade, a, a major trade for somebody else, could still happen. It would have to be the right deal. I think, and I don't think they're they're leaping at the chance or being so desperate that they have to make a trade. The Mavericks and where the Kings are right now are in two different places. The Kings seem to be so desperate that they got to make a move. They got to do something, right? I mean, the Lakers seem like they're sort of in a place where they got to make a move. They got to change something up because it's just not hasn't been working until they beat the Jazz the other night. It just didn't seem like it was working. But for the Mavericks, right now, it's working for them. And I'm going to give you some defensive numbers that are going to kind of blow you away a little bit later. This defense is real. It's working. It's working really well for the Mavericks. And Porzingis is a big part of that. And if you bring in Miles Turner, it sort of limits KP's effectiveness defensively. Actually, it really limits KP's effectiveness defensively. But would that even out with Miles Turner being better rim protector than KP? I don't know. That's something that we would never know. But... His injury, you don't want to have two, to, you know, bring in two big men on pretty decent contracts that are struggling with injuries. That's not something you want to do. Mavericks are out on that. They're out on Miles Turner. We'll see if they still want to make a deal for another player or if they're just good with the guys they have and want to see who they have and uh, keep the powder dry, I guess. <laughs> Again, felt the, felt the eye rolls from many of you. Coming up. I'm going to share a clip from our Media Day interviews with Reggie Bullock. Somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter. And I could not believe that I forgot this. But it was an incredible quote from, from Reggie Bullock. And we'll bring it back because I was completely wrong about this before the season. And I'm very happy to be proven wrong about it. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. You've been hearing us talk about Prize Picks for months now, for a long time. Have you tried it out yet? Go check it out. Go to PrizePicks.com or download the app. You just sign in really quick. It takes me really. Quick. I literally do this while I'm recording the podcast. You go to Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made simple. You go in there and let's say if you have, if you want to check out some of the uh, options. So tonight I'm recording this on. Uh, so on Wednesday they got a couple options here. They have a Wizards, um, a Wizards Brooklyn game. All right, James Harden, 25 and a half points over under. Bradley Beal, 22 and a half points over under. Ooh, I'm thinking under for Harden. I'm going over for Bradley Beal. If I want to do that, I'm gonna put down 20 bucks. I can win 40 dollars if I win that right now. They have all kinds of other stuff: flex play, power play. If I put in 100 bucks, I can win. In, I can win 200 bucks for that. Sometimes you can change that up if you want to do uh, the power play. I put in 100 bucks. I could win 300 dollars on that right now. So go ahead and check out Prize Picks. Go to the the website or the app store uh, and use the promo code NBA. You'll get fifty dollars free if your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users will deposit and use the promo code NBA get fifty dollars if they score a single point. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, guys, let's get into this clip because I forgot about it. Shout out to um, shout out to my friend on Twitter. That pointed this out to me, um, man, it's it's a, it's, it's an interesting clip that the um that Reggie Block during our media interviews. If you guys haven't been following the show for a little while, on media day, Isaac and I got to go to Mavericks media day. We got to sit down with almost every single player except every player except for Porzingis, basically, because of time and have an interview with them about seven between 4 and 7 minutes depending on which one it's quick and they're they're rapid fire so they're going through all these stations and things we we were blessed to be one of the stations we were really appreciative of it and so we got to uh to go ahead and interview Reggie Bullock and this is how we interviewed Reggie Bullock and this is a clip. Now, stop me if, if this sounds insane to you at the beginning of the season, but doesn't sound as insane to you right now. Listen to what Reggie said when we asked him, what are your goals for this season? What would you say a successful season is? Yeah. Second round is the only title. How do you measure kind of success this year? Um, Success this year is being a top 10 defense. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. That's success in making it out of the first round. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. A top 10 defense and getting out of the first round. Getting out of the first round, obvious. Obvious goal for everybody, right? That's obviously something that everybody would want to do, that every Maverick player should say. That should be the goal for everybody. That should be the goal for literally every person in the franchise, (laughs) is to get out of the first round. But the top 10 defense, I scoffed at that. I thought that was crazy, because if you look back at the last couple of seasons for the Mavericks, that just didn't seem like a thing that they could do. It didn't seem like they had the personnel. You guys... Or, you know, I mean, you at home, you know, if you watch this team, you're like, there's, I mean, this team doesn't have the personnel to do what they want to do on defense. You look at last season, Dallas Mavericks finished the season with the 21st best offensive rate. They'd have to jump up 11 spots. They'd have to jump teams like the Celtics, the, you know, the, they'd have to jump a whole bunch of teams in there. To get to that spot, they'd have to take a big step forward. How were they going to take that big step forward? Especially Rick Carlisle, you know, leaving new coach Jason Kidd. We didn't know what Jason Kidd was going to bring. Um, the season before that, the Mavericks finished with the 18th best defensive rating. The Mavericks were going down. The Mavericks' defensive rating was getting worse year over year the last couple of years, and so it just didn't seem like the Mavericks could finish as a solid top 10 team in defensive rating or a solid top 10 defensive team. The Mavericks are fourth. Right now, we are over halfway through the season and the Mavericks are fourth, not just top 10. They are fourth, they are fourth, fourth. That blew me away when I thought about it. And it was Matthew Nope that pointed out to me. Shout out to you, man. I thought he was crazy. I think I even said it on the podcast. I started looking through and trying to find the clips and say, man, I don't, I don't know about top 10 defensive, but it was a great goal. And, and shout out to, you know, and give props to Reggie Bullock because he was the veteran that came in. He was the guy that I think... Made a little bit of a change. He started that uh that change because when he was brought in, it was another wing defender that was brought in. And then Sterling Brown, another wing defender that was brought in. And then Josh Green, another wing defender that was basically added to the rotation here over this last stretch because Jason Kidd, you know, wanted to push him out there, wanted to develop him a little bit more. And I was skeptical about that at the beginning of the season. I didn't see, you know, a lot of us thought that Josh Green wasn't showing enough, and so he wasn't getting any time. But then Jason Kidd started to play him. And now all of a sudden, the Mavericks have all these wings. These last couple of years, you—if you guys—if you, you, you remember that Mavericks team that played the Clippers the first year, they were having Seth Curry guard Kawhi Leonard. They—they they had Maxi Kleba guard Kawhi Leonard, right? The Mavericks don't have to—they don't have that problem anymore. They have a couple guys they can throw at him now. Maybe schematically, they still throw Maxi Kleba on him for—for um, for other reasons. And Kawhi probably won't be in the playoffs, but. Uh, yeah, this team did not have the wings to be able to do the things. They, they still had Dorian, Tim, and then it was like Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson, Courtney Lee, who barely played, Ryan Brokoff. They brought in Michael Kidd-Gilchrist at the end of the year, and we got excited about Michael Kidd-Gilchrist? You got excited about Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and so did I. But the Mavericks brought in a bunch of wings, and I think that changed a lot, and Reggie Bullock has been part of a good defense before. Jason Kidd got the team to buy in. Playing some defense. Give him credit. Give him credit. This is a positive world. It's a positive world. The Mavs defense is trending in a positive direction right now. Christoph Porzingis. His I got it. I gotta I gotta do the drink. Christoph Porzingis came into the offseason, his first first healthy offseason as a Maverick. And that's been that's benefited the Mavericks. He's been so much better. We talked a lot about his frustration the other night, but what I didn't say, what I failed to say. Was his defense was really, really good. He blocked a bunch of shots the other night. He's been really good defensively. He's been a good rim protector. Maxi has been an incredible rim protector for the Mavericks. And I think it's because these wings have been better. They can stay in front of guys. Luca, his defense has been better. Luke had three blocks to start the game <laughs> against the Thunder the other day. These guys have been much better defensively. They've been buying in defensively. And it's contagious. It's contagious for these guys to buy in on defense like that. You have to just get one guy to start it. And I'm not sure the, the Mavericks aren't built around one guy, right? You look at guys like Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green. The Mavericks don't have that. They don't have a guy like that. You look at some of the, the top 10 teams in defensive rating. And the Mavericks don't have a guy like that. They don't have a guy like even Ayton or Mikhail Bridges. They don't, they don't have necessarily guys like that. Here are the top 10 teams in defensive rating right now. Warriors, they have Draymond. Phoenix, they have Aiton and Mikael Bridges, I guess, if you count both those. Chris Paul is probably the number one guy I should mention. Cleveland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, whichever one you think. Dallas doesn't have a dominant defensive guy like that. Boston, they got Tatum and Brown. Milwaukee has Giannis. They're, they're, they're seventh. Miami, Bam and, and Butler. Of course, they haven't played a lot this year, but... Um, Yeah, so you start looking at these teams. They don't have a dominant defensive player that they're built around. They're built around the team, team ball, playing together, rotating out, getting to your spots, making sure you stay in front of your guy, making sure you take care of your, your assignment in front of you. And that's contagious for this team. It starts spreading. And then all of a sudden, Tim's like, oh, I can't forget my assignment because no one else is forgetting their assignment. And then all of a sudden, they're pointing at me. Luca's like, I can't slack off in some of these possessions that matter because... Everybody else isn't, right? I need to be the one that that starts this. I need to be the leader on this team. And when the Mavericks have struggled this year, they don't do those things, right? It's been very clear. When they play really good defense, they've been a good team. When they don't play really good defense, they're a bad team. And some of that has been the personnel available to them, all that stuff we can talk about. But coming up, I want to get into why this defense has been so good, right? Reggie Bullock said we wanted to be a top 10 defense. Well, they did it. They're, They're there. They're fourth in the NBA in defensive rating. So how are they a good defense? What makes them a good defense? We've talked a lot about the personnel, but I want to I want to dive into the numbers. We're getting we're getting real nerdy on this show in the third segment about how the Mavericks are good at defense. What are they allowing? What shots are they allowing? All that. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I love them. I have one all the time. The Churro Puff Bar is back. I love these puff bars because if you've had a Norma Built Bar, they're delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate. These puff bars are still covered in that 100% chocolate. They still have that good flavor, but they also have a little marshmallow puff in the middle of it. little marshmallow in the middle. Actually, not a little. It's a lot of marshmallow in the middle, and they're really good. This uh, churro puff bar, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. That's delicious. I don't know about you. But they're really good I love that bar I, I, I right before I even went on I put that bar in my cart and I think I'm gonna I am I'm gonna uh, use the promo code locked 15 I'm gonna get some 15% off of that and I'm gonna buy them and bring them to my house because I just I need some more of these I need to stock back up so check it out built.com promo code locked 15 check out the Churro puff bar the uh, mint brownie is always solid and the uh, the coconut brownie chunk is the best bar that they make go check it out built.com promo code locked 15. All right, let's get nerdy. Let's get nerdy. Let's bring out the numbers. Let's bring out the numbers. Why is this Mavericks defense so good? What has made them so good? I needed to know for myself, <laughs> I needed to, and you guys, need, you needed to know as well. The Mavericks this year have the fifth best defensive rating per Cleaning the Glass. Cleaning the Glass takes out, is a, is a website started by Ben Falk that you know he used to work in front offices for, in the NBA. He takes out heaves. So, any of those like half court shots that you just throw up at the end, he takes out misses and makes on those. So, you don't have to worry about that. Takes out those. And they also take out garbage time because garbage time, you're not learning anything. There's not anything new. So, any of those, any of that time when it's, you know, <laughs> the Mavericks on the court are like, you know, Frank Nilakina and uh, Marquis Chris and Moses Brown. And, you know, they start throwing out these weird lineups where you're just saying, why are these guys even out there? Because they're either losing by a lot or up by a lot. It takes out garbage time, which is really helpful, I think, to know what exactly the essence of a team is. So the Mavericks are fifth in defensive rating on there. They have a 107.5 defensive rating, so they're allowing 107.5 points per 100 possessions. It's really good. Top five in the league. The number two and three teams, Phoenix and Cleveland, are allowing 105 points per 100 possessions. So they're two points per 100 possessions better the Warriors are number one in the league. They're allowing 103. So there's tiers, basically. The Mavericks are in a tier right here, Top the top five teams. They're in a tier on their own with uh, with Boston. Actually, after tonight, Dallas just moved up to fourth in, in cleaning the glass. So let me say that they're fourth on cleaning the glass. Uh, as I was talking, they just they moved up. Um, so Dallas and and I would still put Dallas and Boston in the same tier, four and five. And then you take a, a little step up, and it's Phoenix and Cleveland as the, the two best defensive teams. And then another step up, and it's Golden State. Nothing to, nothing to you know to bat your eyes at, but still, uh, really good to be in that third tier right there. Since December 27th, the Mavericks are 10-1 and 1 in that stretch. They have the number one defensive rating, and it's 101. That's way better than their defensive rating right now. They've just been absolutely killing it. 101 over that stretch since December 27th. Number two on that list is Golden State at 105.7. So there is a big gap. The Mavericks have been so much better defensively than any other team in the league during this last stretch. Their expected win, percent, their expected win percentage uh, would give them 71 wins over the course of a season. And that counts both their winning percentage and the numbers that they've been uh, putting up. Their like offensive, defensive rating and stuff. That's That number calculates. So that's how good they've been playing. In that stretch, so since December 27th, this 10-1 stretch, Luka and KP have only played in two games together. Two! That's it. The Orlando game and the Thunder game. The last two games. Those are the only two games they've played in. The Mavericks have used 106. This is, okay. You need you have to listen to this stat because it, it kind of blew me away. When I was starting to try and figure out, okay, how did the, who's the key? That's that was my question going into this podcast. Who is the key to the Mavericks defense? Is it Porzingis? Is it Maxi? Is it Dorian? Is it Bullock? Is it Luca? Like, is it who is it? Who is the key? Who's the linchpin to this defense? And I started trying to figure it out, and this stat told me you're asking the wrong question. Over this stretch, so since December 27th, the Mavericks have used 165 five-man units, and that's all. That's all units. So garbage time, anything 165 units so the combinations of five guys 165 different ones (laughs) in that same stretch Memphis has used 151 Golden State 139 Phoenix 122 Clippers 121 Utah 110 Denver 103 Lakers 102 those are the best teams in the West the Mavericks have used way more lineups than all those teams Memphis is the only one close and they're still like 14 off 14 whole five-man units that's crazy. That shows that there's no, the only cohesiveness to this Mavericks team over this stretch that they've been really successful has been the defense and their defensive principles and what they've held to. That's kind of nuts. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. Utah, if you look at their team, the on-off numbers for Rudy Gobert are insane. The Utah's defense is 10 points per 100 possessions better with Rudy Gobert on the court than off the court. The Mavericks don't have anybody like that, right? It's all pretty even across the board. Reggie Bullock's numbers are a little bit inflated on that because of the time he's played. But the Mavericks have been good. Their their lineups have just been good together. They've been playing as a team. They've been playing team basketball. To use that many lineups over this stretch and to have their most successful point of the season? Woo! Talk about, like, strength in numbers. To use all those different kinds of lineups and it to be the most successful uh, you know, like time in the Mavericks season. If you want to know something even weirder, let's get even weirder a little bit. So of those hundred and sixty five lineups the Mavericks have used, and this is all since December 27th. So since this really good stretch the Mavericks have been on, their most used lineup has been Luca, Brunson, Dorian, Maxie, and Dwight, right? That lineup that started a bunch of games. They had a negative 13.2 net rating. That lineup was bad. That lineup did not win the minutes that they were out there for. <laughs> and they still have been dominating this stretch. That's how good the rest of the team has been, right? That, that that lineup can be bad and the rest of the team when all those guys are in the rest of the lineups have been good. It's really that's that's a crazy stat. But so the Mavericks have used all these different lineups, strength in numbers, all that. Here here's how the Mavericks have been a good defense. Here's by the numbers how they've been a good defense. This is throughout the whole season, not just this last stretch. Through the whole season where the Mavericks are top 4 defensively. The Mavericks are sixth in the NBA in percentage of threes allowed per game. They don't allow a lot of threes. They don't let you take threes, right? Six, that means only five teams allow their their opponents to shoot less threes. That's they don't let, they don't allow a lot of threes. They don't let you take them. And that doesn't necessarily always equal a great defense. Milwaukee always allows a lot of threes. They were like the bottom team. They're like 29th or 28th. And so it, it depends on scheme. But this is what the Mavericks scheme is dictating. They don't allow a lot of threes. They're 24th in the NBA in percentage of mid-range shots allowed. They'll let you take the mid-range. Go ahead. Step in. Take the take the mid-range shot. Take the contested mid-range shot. Go ahead. So they'll let you do that. And then they're 13th in the NBA in percentage of uh, shots taken at the rim. So they're pretty good. They're above average at that. But um, they don't allow a ton of those, I would say. 13th is pretty high up. They don't allow a ton of shots at the rim. Here's, if you're, I'm getting a little nerdy for you here, even more so. Cleaning the glass has a stat called location effective field goal percentage, which means if every team in the league allowed every team to shoot at league average. So the, the accuracy was at league average based on the location of the shots. So that whole thing that I just laid out, the Mavs don't allow a lot of threes. They'll let you take the mid range and they try to deter you from the rim. The Mavericks are seventh in the NBA in effective field goal percentage. So from what the Mavericks are doing, they should be a good defense. And they are. That's what that stat tells me. Seventh in the NBA and where where the shots are coming from and what their defense should be. That's great. Now, the percentage of shots in those places, 11th in the NBA in three-point percentage allowed. That's really good. 14th in the NBA in mid range percentage allowed. And 19th at the rim. So the Ma- and the Mavs are also uh, fourth in the NBA in transition points per possession. Because they don't turn the ball over. And when they do turn the ball over, they don't allow you to score. So they don't allow transition points at all. They don't allow a lot of threes. And when teams don't shoot, and then teams don't shoot well against them on threes, they don't allow a lot of shots at the rim. But they are bottom half in the league in rim protection. And the Mavs force you to shoot a lot of mid-range shots. But teams are about average when they shoot them. So they're not shooting a high percentage. They'll let you take that shot because you're just shooting an okay percentage. And they'll, they'll gamble on, you know, they'd rather take that, the, the the unaffected mid-range shot from a team, than go ahead and shoot a three. And if it goes in, then three is better than two and all that. I got really nerdy. It got really nerdy in there, but I hope that you understood. I'll go over that again. The Mavs don't allow transition points. That's been a big point of emphasis because they don't turn the ball over and they... Um, and when they do turn the ball over, they don't allow you to score. Their transition defense has actually been good, which is a surprise for the Mavericks, right? (laughs) How many years have we said the Mavs' transition defense is trash? They don't allow transition points. They don't allow you to take a lot of threes, and and teams don't really shoot well when they do take threes anyway. So that's been great. Their three-point defense overall has been great. They don't allow you to take a lot of shots at the rim, but if you're going to, you're probably going to make most of your shots. And then they force you to take the mid-range. Take the mid-range shot. Go ahead. You're going to shoot an average. We'll gamble on that. We'd rather gamble on that contested mid-range shot and let, you know, Booker and Chris Paul hit a bunch of contested mid-range shots over us than, uh, than let you come to the rim or let you take the three. There you go. That's how the Mavericks have been a good defensive team. Reggie Bullock was right. He prophesied it. He knew exactly what he was talking about. He had a goal for this team. He set out for it. I didn't think it was possible, and he's proven me completely wrong. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We will be back with you tomorrow to break down the Toronto game. Uh, Bullock and Maxi are going to be out for that game, so check out for that. But I'll have a podcast for you post-game after that. Um, Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, you're going to need it this weekend. You're going to need it for NFL. Go check it out by your boy Q and Lee Sterling, available on all platforms. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!